Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 actors born in the 19 aughts in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. The 19 aughts, uh, 1900 to 1909, have a lot of great actors uh, born in that span of time. You know, I think there's many more recognizable names in the 19 aughts than the pre-1900s for most people. Uh, maybe not everybody, but most people, especially when you factor that pre-1900s is a much wider range of years than 1900 to 1909. But that said, uh, I find, you know, this list is far more recognizable than the one that I did last month. You know, there's a lot more, not much bigger names make it onto this list. I know two of them are, are just huge names, even if you've, you know, haven't seen movies from you know, pre-1950, you know who these people are, you, you have to. And so uh, that's exciting. I, I like, you know, I, I like getting to, getting this glimpse into, uh, I don't know, the old, the quote-unquote old days, you know, all these actors who are no longer living and uh, you get to see, uh, talk about the movies that they were in and, and how, see, you know, the, the change and how, how, impactful their careers were to to what came at came later um of course being that it is still a very early decade there are going to be a bunch of names on here that aren't recognizable uh like there were last month and that's uh that's just gonna be what it is you know um and we'll see you know where those those particular names fall and on what the future may or may not hold for them because it's definitely not as prolific as it is in the pre-1900s. So, with that in mind, uh, there are, I believe, four, five, six, six actors reprising their uh, appearance on this list from last time I did this, and uh, four newcomers. So, some new, some old, a nice balance. And we're going to start with our number 10, who wasn't on the list, uh, back in, what was it, 2018, I think, has to be, 2018, no, would it be 2019, oh, it is much more recent than I thought it was, I guess that makes sense, 2019, if I started doing in March, yeah, so this would be 2019, so just a year ago, it's very, very recent. Number 10, born January 4th, 1905, passing away November 22nd, 1992, at the age of 87, from Georgia. 19 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 64.26, no Oscar nominations, a value of 9, a score of 67.14, to be ranked 100th overall. So all 10 of these guys, 10 of these people, in the top 100 overall. Uh, and this is Sterling Holloway. Sterling Holloway, uh, you know, he's been in a many, 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 many films. Um, predominantly, you know, known as a voice actor. He did a lot of 
the older Disney films. He was in Alice in Wonderland. He was in Bambi. He was in The Jungle Book. He was in Dumbo. He was in The Aristocats. Uh, and uh, he has a very distinct voice. Uh, he was the voice of the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland. Uh, he was the voice of um, Flower as an adult in Bambi. In The Jungle Book, he was the voice of Ka. In Dumbo, he was the voice of Mr. Stork in the opening. Uh, I think comes back a couple of times. Uh, he's the voice of Rockefeller in Cat uh, in the Aristocats, and uh, perhaps most notably, and you know what I always think of when I hear his voice, he's the voice of Winnie the Pooh. And you know when you when you listen for the voice of Winnie the Pooh when you watch the Jungle Book and and hear Ka, it's uh they're almost identical. I mean, he does not change his voice very much between those characters. He gives a little more S hissing uh, for Ka, of course, but, you know, very distinctive um, as the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Beyond that, though, he did have a career outside of the animated films. Uh, he did a lot of character work on film and in television. He was in uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, uh, Gold Diggers of 1933, Meet John Doe from 1941, uh, which is fine. Uh, the Merry Widow, which I liked from 1934, Ernst Lubitsch. Um, and, um, you know, many, many other films that I haven't seen uh, that aren't animated. Uh, so some of those include Blonde Venus, uh, Remember the Night, Wild Boys of the Road, American Madness, Dancing Lady, that's Entertainment, Part 2, A Walk in the Sun, and uh, Picture Snatcher, among others. He's got over 110 credits on Letterboxd. His, his bio lists him as having appeared in 150 films and television programs. Long career for Sterling Holloway. And uh, if you scroll through his list of films on Letterboxd, you'll see a lot of Disney films, uh, both live action and animated. And, uh, you know, he's... Uh, He's 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 been around, and I've heard a lot of I've heard a few people actually uh, comment on how much they don't like his voice. They don't like him as a voice actor, and I, I he's not the best voice actor. I don't think he's able to you know uh, flex his voice very much or, or alter it at all to to much to much degree. You know when you listen to the Stork and Ka and Winnie the Pooh and all these characters um, back to back to back, I bet they I, you know they sound kind of the same but I think his voice is distinct and I think that's why he was successful as a voice actor because you know no one had a voice like Sterling Holloway uh, as grating or even annoying as it may or may not have been uh, his voice fit a lot of these characters and I think that's um, I mean that's that's why I like the movies that he you know I like Dumbo I like Alice in Wonderland and Bambi and, and Winnie the Pooh and the Jungle Book and uh, I think they're good and i think uh, sterling holloway is pretty good in him so sterling holloway my number 10 from the 19 aughts my number 100 overall number nine is someone who has been on the list before uh has dropped three spots uh since last year and uh, that is someone born september 17th 1903 uh, passing away March 10th, 1966, at the age of 62, uh, from Ireland, 
with 20 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 65.3, a value of 11, a score of 70.36 to be ranked 60th overall. Pretty wide gap between Holloway and, and the other nine. Um, everyone else is much, much closer jumbled together. And this is Frank O'Connor. Uh, so last year, Frank O'Connor was ranked sixth overall. I'd seen him in 15 films. And uh, five films later, he's dropped a couple of spots. Um, but in terms of overall standing, he has gained 28 spots. He was 88th overall in sixth place last year. And now he is 60th overall in uh, ninth place. Frank O'Connor is going to be one of those, uh, you know, behind the scenes, don't see him a lot in any of these movies you're watching type of type of an actor, uh, you know, with roles like Detective Waiter, or if I look at The Quiet Man, um, he played the role of, where's his name, uh, Ringside Photographer, so, you know, he's not uh, lighting up the screen in any real way that uh, you can quantify, but the films he's been in um, are, are quite uh, exceptional. Some of the ones I've seen recently, uh, within the last year, would probably be The Merry Widow, This Land is Mine, which was good, Charles Lawton and Marion O'Hara, uh, Three Smart Girls, maybe, The Death Kiss, Mr. 880, Burt Lancaster, um, scrolling down a lot of movie, a lot of film credits on here, The Dummy Owner, Definitely one I've seen recently. Um, yeah, so uh, Frank O'Connor. I don't, I don't know much to say about him as a, as an actor. He's got 170 film credits on Letterboxd and many more on IMDb. He's someone I've definitely added uh, some roles to films for uh, in my in my time, and you know he's. Uh, He's also in Reefer Madness, which is terrible. So uh, of some of the people on this list that aren't front and center in their films, uh, he's been in the fewest number of films uh, compared to some of these other people. And that means uh, his position on the list, both on the list from, from the 19 aughts and overall, is a lot more tenuous than theirs is. You know, it's a lot easier to drop somebody or gain, you know, to drop or gain ranks when you have fewer films on your filmography that I've seen. Some of the films of his I haven't seen, according to popularity on Letterboxd, Fallen Angel, Christmas in July, The Invisible Man Returns, The Talk of the Town, Stranger on the Third Floor, Three on a Match, Topper, Sands of Iwo Jima, and Alexander's Ragtime Band. So a bunch of those I'm, I'm familiar with, uh, either through the poster or, you know, recognizing the title, uh, Christmas in July, Invisible Man Returns, Sands of Iwo Jima, uh, the big ones there. And uh, Frank O'Connor, you know, he's, um, he's ninth. He's just ninth. Uh, you know, I... I, I I run out of stuff to say about about these behind the scenes actors, and that's uh, uh, just gonna leave it at that. So number nine, born in the nineteen aughts, number sixty overall, Frank O'Connor. Number eight, 
another newcomer to this list, to this top 10 list, born May 19th, 1906, passing away February 1st, 1991, from the United Kingdom, 22 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 64.82, a value of 11, a score of 70.42 to be ranked 57th, just a couple of spots above Frank O'Connor, is James McDonald. Old McDonald uh, does not appear on the list last year. James McDonald, uh, much like Sterling Holloway, was a voice actor. He did a lot of Disney voiceover and uh, sound effects in the, in the sound effects department. And from 1946 to 1977, James McDonald, or Jimmy, as he was often referred, was the voice of Mickey Mouse, uh, which is a pretty pretty big deal. Pretty big deal at all, uh, indeed. Uh, he was also in some of the same films that Sterling Holloway appeared in. Um, in Alice in Wonderland, he is the voice of a, of the Dormouse. In Cinderella, he is the voice of Bruno, Gus, and Jack. Jock. In, um, in The Fox and the Hound, he is the voice of the bear only when it is growling. Uh, so, you know, quite a interesting, uh, interesting list. Uh, looking at, you know, he was in the Rescuers. He was in the Sword and the Stone. Um, Sword and the Stone. He was the voice of the wolf. But uh, unlike Sterling Holloway, he doesn't really have non-voice roles on his list. If you scroll down, it's all animated, all animated, all animated. Um, a lot of short films from the Mickey Mouse era, Winter Storage. Uh, you know, he did. The voice of Chip, of Chip and Dale. Um, he was the voice of Humphrey the Bear in Rugged Bear, another good short uh, from uh, for with with uh, Donald Duck. And yeah, he, he's been Chip is going to be his most uh, prolific that I've seen at least. I've seen seen a lot of Disney shorts, and uh, that's what I'm noticing as uh, the biggest common through line including one of my favorite disney short films of all time uh, maybe not the best but one that i absolutely love uh so much is toy tinkers i used to watch this all the time as a kid uh which is basically chip and tail battling donald duck during christmas time uh, until it's like a, a giant war in his house, and it's so much fun. I like it quite, quite, quite a bit. So, James McDonald, Jimmy McDonald, uh, big, big, prominent voice actor for Disney, and uh, he's got a lot more films to go. So he's got 50 credits on Letterboxd. I'm sure there's more if I do a little digging on IMDb. I've seen about 44% of that. So some of the films of his I haven't seen, Fun and Fancy Free, which is a feature-length Disney animated cartoon. Uh, from All of Us to All of You from 1958. Uh, another feature-length, uh, kind of like a Fantasia deal. A lot of just shorts and compilations like that. The Simple Things, Noah's Ark, Mickey Down Under, Pluto's Party, Beezy Bear, Barely Asleep, and Private Pluto. So it's all it's all Disney stuff. It's all Disney stuff. So you've probably heard his voice before, and uh, 
If you weren't aware of his name, now you know it. Number eight, born in the 1900s, number 57 overall, James McDonald. Number seven is somebody who was on the list before, dropping five spots from number two a year ago. Born February 26th, 1905, passing away December 14th, 1964, at the age of 59, from Massachusetts, with 59 film credits to his name, the highest number of film credits on this top 10 list, an average film rating of 60.34, a value of 12.5, a score of 70.86 to be ranked 49th overall. We are in the top 50 now with Burt Stevens. A year ago, I had seen Burt Stevens in 41 films. 41. Um, now, I've seen him in 59. So, 18 films in about a year. That's more than one a month. And it's a lot, it's very easy to accomplish that when he's, again, uh, the background character in all these movies. Um, so, some of the many roles that he has played include ship's officer uh, or in something like giant he played the role of wedding guest um you know uh i've seen you know monster verdu fairly recently i watched inherit the wind fairly recently meet john doe uh earth versus the flying saucers Royal Wedding, The Harder They Fall, Destination Moon, Pocket Full of Miracles, The Last Hurrah, The Prize, Beginning of the End, Jack the Giant Killer, Rocket Ship, Rocket Ship XM, etc., etc., etc. Burt Stevens, um, in his, I love his picture on Letterboxd because it's, it's tinted green, uh, which is just so emblematic of this guy and you know the old movies he was in um you know fun fact uh he's he himself you know not a recognizable name didn't really have leave a lasting impact on cinema to my knowledge however he has a younger sister who was also in 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 movies her name is barbara stanwick birth name ruby catherine stevens his younger sister is Barbara Stanwyck, and that's pretty cool because Barbara Stanwyck is a name and has um, left behind quite a career uh, in her wake. So uh, the 60-ish films of his that I've seen currently account for a little under 60% of all the films he has on Letterboxd, 101 right now. Uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen include Ball of Fire, starring his sister, Days of Wine and Roses, The Cane Mutiny, Dance Girl Dance, Niagara, Where the Sidewalk Ends, Caught, The Furies, Tea and Sympathy, Body and Soul, The Major, and The Minor. And somebody up there likes me. Still a lot of films left to see uh, from Mr. Burt Stevens. And his, uh, you know, he dropped five spots on the list from... Um, from a 19 aughts perspective, he was second on the list and 11th overall. He has tumbled a fair bit. Um, you know, his value at the a year ago was 21, which is pretty pretty high, and it's dropped 
uh, fairly substantially to 12 and a half. Um, I would guess that that doesn't revert. Uh, I think Ball of Fire and Days of Wine and Roses are supposed to be good. So depending on how many of the films of his I see in the next couple of years until I do this episode again, uh, maybe, maybe he can. Maybe he can um, kind of uh, hold steady or rebound even. Uh, but for now, number seven, born in the 19-aughts, number 49 overall, Burt Stevens. Number six is somebody born who um, was also on the list a year ago. He was third then, has dropped three spots to sixth now. Born November 14th, 1904, passing away October 20th, 2000, at the age of 95, from Arizona. 49 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 60.76, a value of 13, a score of 71.37 to be ranked 45th overall. Um, down three spots is Arthur Tovey. So a year ago, I'd seen him in 42 films. I've now seen him in 49. So uh, only seven films or so in the, in the time since then. Uh, trying to see here. What have I seen him in in that span? Probably things like... Not as easy as I thought. Uh, Earthquake, maybe. Earth vs. the Flying Saucer, The Heart of They Fall. Definitely... Midnight Lace, potentially, Where the Boys Are, Pocket Full of Miracles, The Inspector General, one I saw fairly recently in the last couple of days, is kind of funny. Um, the Perils of Pauline, Woman's World, The Wheeler Dealers is kind of recent. A Very Special Favor is also fairly recent. Um, Arthur Tovey, uh, he was in Back to the Future, as it turns out. Uh, playing the role of Wilbur, uncredited. You know, he's got a very, he's got a very British look to him. Uh, the picture that is on his letterboxed profile looks very, very British to me. I don't know why, but it does. Um, he's been in a little over 70 films, according to Letterboxd. I know I've added a bunch of these credits to Letterboxd's uh, database, so... I'm sure it's much closer to 100. And some of the ones I haven't seen. Batman from 1966. The Mummy from 1932. He is also in Days of Wine and Roses. Uh, Who's That Girl? A Night in Casablanca. Reign of Terror. Tough Guys. The Cheap Detective. And Son of Flubber. Fred McMurray. What a, what a jokester. I, again, I don't have too much to say. Uh, thankfully, Arthur Tovey is the last of these uh, background extra character actors on this decade's top ten list. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. So, dropping three spots to sixth in the 19-aughts and down to 45th overall is Arthur Tovey. Top half of this top ten list Number five is somebody who was not on the list a year ago. Born September 17th, 1907. Passing away September 8th, 1994 at the age of 86 from Japan. 
eight film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 79.63, a value of 10, a score of 73.7 to be ranked 28th overall. A little bit of a jump here up from uh, Toby's 45th is Ijiro Tono. Japanese actor, one of the ones that worked quite closely with uh, Kurosawa, but also, you know, he was in the first part of the Human Condition trilogy from Kobayashi, and he was also in um, Tora Tora Tora, which is fine. It's a fine movie. But, I mean, the big story is Redbeard, High and Low, Yojimbo, Seven Samurai, um, Ozu's Tokyo Story, and Stray Dog, another Kurosawa, uh, which, as I've mentioned, you know, uh, these collaborations, you know, the actors that are working closely in all the Harry Potter movies or work closely with Tarantino or Wes Anderson or Kurosawa or Spielberg, you know, anybody who's, who's worked enough with some of the better directors of, of the history of film, uh, you know, they're generally pretty high. Uh, until you reach a point where you're watching movies that aren't as popular and uh, that takes time to get there. Some of the films of Ijiro Tono's uh, filmography uh, that I haven't seen include The Autumn and Autumn Afternoon, Good Morning, Pale Flower, The Ballad of Narayama, I Live in Fear, uh, Samurai 2, Duel at Ichijoji Temple, and Samurai 3, Duel at Ganryu Island, Early Spring, The Lower Depths, Pigs and Battleships, Sword of the Beast, and Kill! Exclamation point. Uh, Idra Tono, not one of the Kurosawa collaborators that I'm overly familiar with. Uh, he's certainly not a background character in Yojimbo. He plays a tavern keeper named Gonji. In Tokyo Story, uh, he plays Sanpei Numata. In um, High and Low, uh, he plays um, uh, just a factory worker. But he's not an uncredited actor. He's a step above that. He's he's playing those character roles. Uh, you know, you look his biography. Uh, in a career lasting more than fifty years, uh, he appeared in over four hundred television shows nearly 250 films and numerous stage productions uh yeah it's quite a it's quite a list quite quite a number and you know he may have been more may have been most well known for uh his role in the tv series uh mito komon komon uh, which ran for 14 years and uh Ejiro tono was the main character the title character um but i know him from his kurosawa films first and foremost uh and then ozu and uh kobayashi after that so ichiro tono number five born in the 1900s number 28 overall making his debut onto the list Number four, the only woman on this top ten list reprising her role, her, her appearance from last year in the same spot, no change uh, on this list, a couple of changes outside of it. Born May 12th, 1907, passing away June 29th, 2003, from Connecticut, 
21 film credits to her name, an average film rating of 67.52, 12 Oscar nominations, and a still-standing record for Oscar wins for acting, a value of 13, a score of 74.65 to be ranked 26th overall, is the unparalleled Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn, uh, four Oscar wins for Best Lead Actress from On Golden Pond, The Lion in Winter, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and Morning Glory. Uh, all fantastic, uh, all really good movies, and, and all of them feature fantastic performances from her. I can't think of a movie I've seen that she's in that isn't, uh, doesn't have a fantastic performance from her, from The African Queen, Bringing a Baby, The Philadelphia Story, Holiday, Adam's Rib, a stage Door, Summertime, Little Women, Desk Set, Sylvia Scarlet, Long Day's Journey into Night, uh, you know, The Rainmaker, just perfect. She's one of my favorites, and uh, I, I love, 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 love her movies. Uh, in the last year, I think I've seen her in, I think Sylvia Scarlet, uh, The Rainmaker, Stage Door Canteen are the three of the three films of hers I've seen. Three or four. I think I've seen four. Uh, a year ago, she was in 17. I've seen her in 21 now. So four. And, you know, it's 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 interesting. I, I don't really seek out Catherine Hepburn movies. I, I did it for a while, looking to fo- watch all the movies she was nominated for Oscars for. Uh, but after I kind of hit that mark, I just, you know, I liked... I like the image of her as, you know, one of the highest rated people on my spreadsheet. I like that, um, that, that, that visage and, uh, the idea that she could even fall out of the top, you know, 50 is, is foreign to me. It, it sucks. It's a terrible thought. Um, a year ago when I'd seen her, you know, last time I did this list, she was 41st overall, um, with 17 films and, uh, she was fourth on the 19 aughts she's still fourth on the 19 aughts with 21 films now she's 26th overall and i think a lot of that is in large part due to everyone else around uh dropping you know it used to take a a solid score of you know 80 plus to get into the top i don't know 25 at least 20th 20 maybe and now, you know, that's, you don't even need to hit 80 to get to the top 10. You know, scores are steadily dropping. Score, you know, everything is steadily dropping because more movies are bad than good. And, you know, I think everything kind of skyrocketed the first, you know, five or six years I was making the spreadsheet and working on these uh, these scores simply because I was seeking out, quote unquote, the good stuff. I can't really do that much anymore because I've seen most of it, at least uh, domestically. And you know, there's a lot. I'm still, I'm sure, thousands of great films I haven't experienced, but uh, they're becoming harder and harder to to find, and um, it's taking longer and longer to get to them. You know, they're you know, more and more the films in between. You know, from one great film to the next. Maybe it used to be three films in between those. In, in between those, now it's thirty, and uh, 
it's a very sizable gap uh, for anybody. So I love Katherine Hepburn. I would watch a movie with her every single time I started a film if I if I could. Um, but then I'd run out of her movies to watch. Some of the movies of hers I haven't seen. So this is, this is what's on the list to, to see. Christopher Strong, Pat and Mike, Rooster Cogburn, State of the Union, uh, Undercurrent, Keeper of the Flame, That's Entertainment, That's Entertainment Part 2, Without Love, A Bill of Divorcement, Mary of Scotland, and That's Entertainment 3. Another thing that kind of draws me away from her films is how many she co-starred in with Spencer Tracy. And I just, I don't have a particular love for Spencer Tracy. And, you know, like Pat and Mike and State of the Union and Without Love and Keeper of the Flame. All have Spencer Tracy in them. Uh, the Sea of Grass, they're both in that too. Uh, it's, it's a lot. And I would be more inclined to be watching the films of hers that don't have Spencer Tracy in them uh, before I do the ones that he's in. Um, which is unfortunate. But for now, Catherine Hepburn, one of my favorites of all time, fourth from the 19 aughts, 26th overall. Which brings us to number three. Uh, somebody who was on the list a year ago has moved up two spots uh, to third from fifth born March 12th 1905 passing away February 11th 1982 at the age of 76 from Japan 17 film credits to his name an average film rating of 70.12 12 is his value a score of 74.74 to be ranked 24th overall is Takashi Shimura Takashi Shimura Another actor who has spent a lot of time working with um, Kurosawa. Uh, Seven Samurai, Rashomon, Yojimbo, Hidden Fortress, Throne of Blood, Sanjuru, Kwaidan, etc. Films of his I've seen recently include Kurosawa's The Bad Sleep Well, Stray Dog. But on top of that, there's also uh, some of the Godzilla movies. Ghidra. The Three-Headed Monster, Mothra from 1961, Godzilla Raids Again from 1955. Um, He's one of the actors that kind of uh, has the two sides, has the Kurosawa prestige films, but he's been in a handful of Godzilla movies as well. And uh, those do not particularly help his score. Um, However... Like I said, he's moved up, and it's mostly because of the Kurosawa films, the Stray Dogs, The Bad Sleep Well, um, Kwaidan, Red Beard, uh, the ones I've seen in the last year, which total um, seven, six films, uh, gone from 11 to 17. His average film rating has uh, dropped a little bit, but his overall ranking has skyrocketed. He was 86th a year ago. He's now 24th. That's a huge, huge jump. 161 film credits on Letterboxd. So many. Uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen include Kage Musha, Akira Kurosawa, Drunken Angel, Akira Kurosawa, um, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which is uh, the English co production of the original Godzilla. I Live in Fear, uh, Samurai 3, 
Duel at Gunryu Island, uh, Sanshiro, Sugata, Scandal, No Regrets for Our Youth, Osaka Elegy, The Men Who Tread on the Tiger's Tail, The Most Beautiful, The Quiet Duel, and Frankenstein Conquers the World. Huh. Interesting. The Mysterians. Also interesting. Hmm. Well, uh, some of those sound downright awful, but I'm sure um, many others are pretty good, uh, considering, you know, a bunch of them are Kurosawa films. So there's always more Kurosawa everywhere you look. Uh, I like Takashi Shimura. He is one of the more prominent actors in some of these movies, um, getting uh, you know much higher billing than say Ijiro Tono, uh, Chief of Investigation. Uh, in High and Low, he was <clears throat> um, Odegura from Throne of Blood. You know he he's he's like that second level. You know those supporting characters. He is a big name. Uh, in the Kurosawa oeuvre, and uh, I think he's a pretty damn fine actor as well. Takashi Shimura, number three, born in the 19 aughts, number 24th, overall. Which brings us to number two. Number two, the last of our newcomers to the 19 aughts top 10. Born January 15th, 1902, passing away December 21st, 1985, at the age of 83, from Japan. Eight film credits to his name that I've seen, an average film rating of 82.13. A value of 10.5, a score of 76.2, to be ranked 17th overall, is Kamatari Fujiwara. Another Japanese actor, another uh, actor who's um, only films that I've seen are Kurosawa films. Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, Sanjiru, High and Low, Red Beard, Bad Sleep Well, Hidden Fortress, and Ikiru. All great. All good movies. Uh, not a bad one in the bunch. And uh, his lowest rated film is ranked, is give, is, has a rating of 67, uh, which is pretty astonishing. Uh, Ijiro Tono is uh, slightly similar. You know, he's his eight films, his lowest rating is a 60. So no bad films from either of them. And Fujiwara is kind of in the uh, Shimura camp. You know, he's in that supporting role. He plays subsection, subsection, ugh, subsection chief Ono in Ikiru in Yojimbo. He plays um, Tazaimon. In High and Low, he plays, uh, let me find it here, a junkyard cook. So, you know, again, he's like, I guess maybe it's more accurate to say he's he's on Ijiro Tono's level. He's definitely not a behind-the-scenes background extra, but behind-the-scenes is not the right term. Not a background extra, but he's uh, more of a tertiary character uh, within the films themselves. And... He's just, he's got a great look. He, he kind of looks a little hangdoggy. Uh, you can see it in his picture on Letterboxd. He, can, he definitely embodies sort of a, a beaten down sort of man, at least in that face, uh, at least in that, that profile that he has on, this, on Letterboxd, uh, which is, um, you know, he's got a look. Uh, he reminds me of... Um, 
uh, a, a less like conniving version of um, Worm Tongue. Who plays Worm Tongue from from Lord of the Rings? Uh, Brad Dorif. Yeah, he Brad Dorif. If he didn't look so evil and conniving, I think, and and if he was Japanese, Kamatari Fujiwara. That's so he reminds me of some of the films of his I haven't seen. He's got almost 100 on Letterboxd, so lots. Uh, he's also in Kagemusha, uh, Tokyo Twilight, The Sword of Doom, Three Outlaw Samurai, uh, Dodska Den, I Live in Fear, Lower Depths, Double Suicide, The Funeral, An Inn at Osaka, Mickey One, and Hanzo the Razor, colon, Sword of Justice. Sounds like a Batman movie. Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice. Kamatari Fujiwara making his debut on the 19 aughts top 10 list at second overall. At second on that list and 17th overall. Which brings us to our number one. He was number one a year ago when I'd seen him in 22 films. I've now seen him in 30 and he retains that spot. Uh, he was ninth overall. He's dropped a little bit. Not much. Born May 20th, 1908. Passing away July 2nd, 1997 at the age of 89. From Pennsylvania, like me. He has a, I've seen him in 30 films. An average film rating of 66.03. Five Oscar nominations and one win. A value of 15 a score of 76.91 to be ranked 14th overall, repeating as number one from the 19 aughts is James Stewart. James Stewart, uh, I mean, what can you say about James Stewart that hasn't been said? I feel like I talk about him all the time on any time, every other list, I feel like he's on it, which isn't true. He's on the May list and he's on the 19 aughts list. Uh, Vertigo, Rear Window, It's a Wonderful Life, Rope, The Philadelphia Story, Anatomy of a Murder, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, The Shop Around the Corner, You Can't Take It With You. He's been in some pretty, pretty fantastic films. And um, despite criticisms uh, against him uh, about you know his lack of range, which I think are fair, I... I just enjoy him in movies so, so much. Uh, one of the more recent films I saw him in was After the Thin Man, uh, which is, I believe, the second movie in the Thin Man franchise with William Powell and Myrna Loy. And he plays a supporting character in this movie that is so wonderful uh, because it's a character, you know, that I wouldn't have pegged James Stewart to play, and he plays it really well. And I was very impressed by him in, in that movie. Uh, he had a habit of doing a lot of, um, I guess you would, I don't know, like military type movies. Uh, recently, I saw him in Strategic Air Command with June Allison. Uh, Thunderbolt, where he just does the intro for, um, you know, he, I don't know, he had that knack to him uh and about him at one point uh you know he worked w with june allison a bit you know the glenn miller story as well he's an airport 77 
the spirit of St. Louis. Uh, so, you know, he had his phases. And, uh, oh, what was the movie I just saw that... Is it the Glenn Miller story? No, 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 that was a different one. I've seen that recently, but that was not the movie I'm thinking of. I think it's Pot of Gold. Pot of Gold. Uh, with Paulette Goddard. Uh, I saw this... Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And James Stewart sings in this movie, which is really fun. Uh, he uh, historically did not like this movie and did not like himself in it. And I get it. You know, it's not a good movie. It's fine at best. Uh, but, you know, it's just it's just a really cute, fun movie. There's a, real, there's a scene I really enjoy where he gets all this, all the members of this band to convince his uncle that he's going crazy and I thought that scene was a real treat uh, within Pot of Gold but it's fun it's it's fun to see you know especially having the context of yeah James Stewart did not like that movie like really interesting uh, so yeah James Stewart I still have many films of his to see he's got a, almost a hundred films left that I haven't seen if not more including Destry Rides Again, Bell, Book, and Candle, uh, The Flight of the Phoenix, which I think I've seen. It's one of those where I, I feel like I've seen it and I just have to rewatch it because I don't remember. Every time I think of The Flight of the Phoenix, I think of the sequel that came out in like the mid-aughts, mid-2000s uh, with um, Steve Zahn. Uh, Call Northside 777, Two Road Together, Vivacious Lady, Broken Arrow, That's Entertainment, uh, Cheyenne Autumn, Shenandoah, Ziegfeld Girl, The Big Sleep, and uh, and many others. So I'm a big fan of James Stewart. I recognize uh, as an actor he has his limitations, but I don't think they're quite as restrictive as other people do. And uh, things like Pot of Gold and um, uh, After the Thin Man give him a little more range than I, I think he gets later on when he's doing mostly you know vertigo rear window stuff or uh philadelphia story mr smith goes to washington stuff so that's my number one james stewart highest rated actor born in the 1900s ranked 14th overall uh, narrowly edging out kamatari fujiwara uh, the young upstart uh, making his debut on this list re uh going back down through the top 10 one more time sterling holloway Frank O'Connor, James McDonald, Burt Stevens, Arthur Tovey, Ijiro Tono, Catherine Hepburn, Takashi Shimura, Kamatari Fujiwara, and James Stewart. Those are my top 10 actors born in the 1900s. If you'd like to find more episodes of the show, because it's over now, you can find them on Stitcher, iTunes, places where podcasts can be found. You can head over to the website, circleoffilm.com, to find all the old episodes and all the old top 10 lists. Uh, from all the actors lists I've done, you can see the trans change over time and, and see and refresh your memory and find that stuff there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film. You can find me on Letterboxd at Circle of Film. You can email circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show, like us, rate us, review, subscribe, tell somebody about the show, or listen. Just listen. That's all I can ask. But if you are so inclined, you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash circle of film, where for as little as 
eight cents an episode, one dollar a month, you can get early access to all the episodes that are released early. Um, right now, that mostly consists of the MCU retrospective episodes that are typically released at least a day, if not a couple of days early, than uh, they're put up for normal listeners. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you to Brian for being such a gracious uh, patron uh, to the show. It means so much. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.